0: Please understand that you assume all risks from the use, non-use, or misuse of this information. Greetings, everyone. This is David Avocado Wolf, and I have a very special guest, someone I've been wanting to talk to for years who's going to be joining me on this recording. We are gearing up for the Women's Wellness Conference September 19th through 21st. 2014 at the Orange County Hilton in Costa Mesa, California. That's just south of Los Angeles. And it is going to be, I think, our best yet. We've got an incredible lineup. We're going to have Lisa Rankin, Dr. Bill and Martha Sears, Lisa Gard, Dr. Sarah Godfrey, Nadine Artemis, Donna Gates, myself, Dr. Roy Dittman, Tara Warner. And we're going to have this individual who I'm about to introduce right now. His name is Dr. Bruce Lipton, and he is an internationally recognized authority in bridging science and spirit together in a new biology. He's a cell biologist by training. He taught at the University of Wisconsin School of Medicine and later performed pioneering studies at Stanford University. He's the author of The Biology of Belief. He's the author of The Honeymoon Effect. He's been a guest speaker on hundreds of TV and radio shows. And he's going to be one of our keynote speakers at the Women's Wellness Conference. Thanks for joining us, Dr. Lipton. How are you doing out there?
1: David, I am a real happy guy, and I'm very happy because I'm really looking forward to this conference because we have so much wonderful information to share. And I I guess we're going to be talking a little bit about that right now.
0: Great, fantastic. Well, for those of you who are just joining us or totally new to the Women's Wellness Conference, Dr. Lipton is going to be joining us. We're going to have some great guests. We're going to be giving away over $20,000 in prizes. And the actual website is womenswellnessconference.com. So you'll be able to find all the details there. Dr. Lipton's written a book called The Honeymoon Effect. And I think that's where we're going to start. You have a unique perspective. And I think it's probably drawn from your research about relationships. It's, I'm sure, part of your work with The Honeymoon Effect. Tell us a little bit about nature's bonding mechanisms. I think that's one of the things that we think about when we think about relationships. It's the most primal core thing is bonding.
1: Well, David, it's a very interesting question because it's related to two aspects of something called the biological imperative. Uh, biologists have recognized that organisms have drives that they must meet. It's built into the system. Uh, they actually don't even know where it's built into the system, but it's a drive to stay alive, to survive. And there are actually two parts of this drive because there's the staying alive or survival of the individual, but there's also the survival of the species. So in the first part, in our own individual drive to stay alive, there's a necessity to find community. There's no organism on this planet that actually lives alone and all by itself. All organisms are in community, whether those communities are loose or tight, it's still a a drive for us. All people will be looking for a relationship with other people to support and sustain their lives. Well, that's just a casual, in a sense, a relationship between other people because there's a more specific relationship that's also related to the biological imperative. And that's the part that says not only does the individual have to stay alive, but the species has to stay alive. For the species to stay alive, we have to reproduce. So there's two parts of uh, the nature of community for an individual A, being a member of a, 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 just a community for individual survival but also looking for a relationship that can be used to reproduce and sustain the species survival. So we we have a built-in drive to find an individual that uh, we will be able to uh, mate with and reproduce. And this involves a, a very interesting aspect of relationships. For example, frogs mate and they reproduce, but no necessity for relationships on their part for a simple reason is that Frog eggs, once fertilized, they're free and independent to develop on their own. There are no such thing as frog parents, so to speak, Uh, the the male and female mate, and then after that, the, the fertilized eggs are on their own. But as you go up the evolutionary scale, organisms are born less complete. They're very complex, so when they're born, they're not completely independent, and the higher you go, the less complete is that development. So when you get to the level of a human, and you have a a child, and remember our drive is now to propagate the species, reproduce, Uh, having a child means how long will it take for that child to become independent and and be able to survive on its own. So let's just give a rough number, say 13 to 15 years of age. Well, the relevance is this. While two frogs mate and then the offspring can develop on their own, they go their own way, no relationship. When humans mate, nature has to provide for an opportunity for the parents to stay together long enough to raise the children to be independent so nature has uh, provided a number of mechanisms to encourage us to come together and stay together uh in relationship for that time period and so uh built into our biological drive is a the, the uh, to identify a mate and b to create a situation where the two individuals, the male and the female, stay together long enough
0: to wait
1: for the uh, independency of their own children.
0: Okay, let's let's get into I think most people are familiar with the biology of belief. I mean, that's really what introduced me to you and the idea of the intelligence of the cell being in the membrane of the cell, the whole overturning of the nucleus of the cell really running the show. I think those were some really seminal ideas and then you came out with The Honeymoon Effect, and you've got some pretty interesting ideas in this book as well, some kind of seminal ideas. I think one of the core ideas is about this whole thing that we're like sold on Darwinism, that everything's got to be a fight and a rat race and all of that stuff. And what you're saying is like, hey, actually, that's just a paradigm. It's just something we made up, the belief system. We could easily switch it. How did that fit into The Honeymoon Effect? Like, it's, it's basically an underlying theme, isn't it? That it's, Life isn't a struggle. It's a, it's a cooperative community experience isn't
1: that right absolutely we we've, we've made a um, an error in, in buying in completely into the Darwinian theory because, as you mentioned, uh, just the essence of the Darwinian theory is that life is a struggle for survival, with competition for fitness, and so we live in a world where people are competing with each other for their own individual survival. And it turns out that uh, the new insights to understanding about evolution is not based on competition, it's based on cooperation. I mean, the concept of a, a garden, uh, living in the so-called Garden of Eden, recognizing that a garden isn't a battleground. Uh, a garden is, is a cooperative community of all the species and organisms that work in harmony with each other. So when humans adopted the belief that life is a struggle and we compete with each other, this is totally antagonistic to our own evolution. And a matter of fact, the uh, the competition and, uh, uh, against uh, each other and against nations and all that kind of stuff uh, is actually uh, one of the the issues that's leading to the downfall of our own civilization. So this is a time to reconsider the nature of evolution. Cooperation is the, the most important thing. So that organisms have learned to uh, create a cooperative community, and it's really the action of the community that is important, Uh, which is different than the action of the individual. So we really have to move from focusing on ourselves as individuals among a lot of other individuals and recognizing that we are members of a cooperative community and that our evolution really works on learning how to bond with each other and how to communicate with each other and create the harmony that is necessary for our evolution.
0: Fantastic. Now, in the Honeymoon Effect, you say that that the honeymoon effect is a state of bliss, passion, energy, and health resulting from a huge love. Your life is so beautiful that you can't wait to get up to start a new day and thank the universe that you are alive. Let's let's talk about that a little bit. A lot of people are in different roles in relationships or, or they're in different states of um, happiness, and some people are less than happy with the relationships. How do we deal with relationships going into the future if we're not in the right relationship, if we're looking for the right relationship? How, what what are some of your giant pieces of advice? Well, uh, number one, the, the drive for
1: relationship uh, is that we have to be together long enough to to raise children to to their independency. Then you have to understand that nature wants to encourage us to be together. And nature encourages us uh Uh, Through the expression of the pleasure and the harmony and the bonding that we first experience when we first fall in love. And it's interesting, no matter how uh, uh, bad, so to speak, your life may be, up to the moment you meet that individual that, that turns out to be your future partner, when you meet this individual, all of a sudden, life turns upside down, as we talked about, that beginning essence of love where there's this rush in our bodies, and it's really due to the chemistry of falling in love. The pleasure that we get from that, uh, the harmony that we experience from that, this is nature's gift to us to say, look, because I want you to be together this long, I, I, I want to encourage you to be together. So nature has given us this, this character of pleasure and harmony and love uh, for us to feed that, that uh, nature of coming together for 13 years. So, yes, when we fall in love uh, in that beginning period, and that's what we refer to as the honeymoon, where, where people glow. You know, people fall in love. You can see they fall in love because the, the aspect of falling in love gives uh, a chemistry into the body, which includes uh, many different hormones released by the brain in love, such as uh, growth hormone and vasopressin and dopamine, oxytocin. These are the hormones that bring us together, allow us to bond together, and generate great health. So that's why one of the characteristics of being in love is, is this healthy aspect to our body, because this is a, a nature saying, yes, you're, you're following the directive to survive and, and to carry on the species. And this is a reward. So we experience this in the beginning. And then for a lot of people, this is very short lived. Sometimes it's only days, weeks, if you're lucky, a month, and if you're very lucky, a year of a, the joy and juiciness of being in a honeymoon experience. Inevitably, it seems to disappear. Well, this is not nature's issue. This is something that we, we have uh, generated ourselves. So uh, interesting aspect, we create the honeymoon effect, and when it's lost, it's not an accident or a coincidence. It's actually uh, a process where, without knowledge, we actually break that honeymoon effect, uh, and this was not nature's intention. So we really have to understand the the, the aspect of a: How did we uh, end up creating the love? Uh, and then b: More importantly, for most people, is how come it seems to disappear, uh, and then it goes back into so-called regular life? Well, the the aspect is this: There's two parts. Then, how did we find the the partner that we were looking for versus how come we lost the partner. So let's talk about finding a partner. Nature uh, is real interested in assuring the evolution of the species and therefore nature is very concerned about providing the the best harmony uh, and the best support for offspring. So it says when you're out looking for a mate and you're looking for this consciously or unconsciously because it's part of the biological imperative, uh, one of the first things we have to understand is this, is that uh, uh, known to uh, physicists is the fact that every atom and molecule has a vibrational frequency to it. There's a, a, like a, a music from every atom and molecule. And why that's relevant is because people are made out of atoms and molecules. All of us have a vibrational frequency. Because when you're feeling good vibes, you're in a place where the energy is in harmony with you. Contrast bad vibes is when you're in a place or with people whose energy is canceling you. And and so this is nature's way, the first level of communication of every organism on this planet is vibration for a simple reason. Just simple fact is this, energy is equated to life. You have a lot of energy, you have a lot of life. You have no energy, you lose your life. Good vibes is an enhancement of energy, and it says in in the energy level, oh, whenever you're experiencing good vibes, you're enhancing your life. In contrast, if you start to experience bad vibes, you feel the energy drain out of you, and that is a sign that you are losing your life. So primitive organisms don't have to go to school to find out, is this a good thing to do or should I go here or there? Organisms just read the environment. And when they start to find that uh, as they move in in their world, they move toward something and the energy increases, then that means there's more life and they will continue to move that way. In contrast, when an organism moves towards something that cancels their energy, that negative or bad vibe feeling is an indication that life is being threatened and they move the other way. Well, interestingly, all organisms use this vibrational frequency to identify whether they're in the right place or not. Bringing this up into relationship is simply this. Without talking to an individual, you can feel their energy. And we have been programmed, unfortunately, as as uh, people in our world, not to pay attention to these feelings, which is the biggest mistake that you could ever make, because the feelings are primary. They were there before humans even came around, that these feelings were indicators of uh, whether you're enhancing your life or whether you're threatening your life. And when it comes to meeting a person we can talk to the person and we can listen to all their stories and things like that and we can buy into the story one way or the other but the fact is this the most level a most honest level of communication is vibration it's your feelings Do you feel good or bad in relationship to the person that's with you and so obviously when we start to go out in the world and we're, we're looking for a partner the fundamental drive underneath everything is the energy so the first thing that attracts us to another person is an energy of harmony, uh, which is basically called good vibes. And and then that's that's what leads us into a relationship. When we find this individual with good vibes and we start to have a relationship with them, then the brain starts to secrete chemistry to ensure the continuity of that relationship. So the first chemical released when you meet this individual that that is your potential mate is dopamine and dopamine is pleasure so meeting this person not only enhances your energy but you can feel that this is very pleasurable to be with that person then uh, another uh, uh... hormone released in the meeting another person called vasopressin and vasopressin um uh... increases your sexuality and makes you more attractive to the other person uh... and so basically uh... a you met this person the you can feel the pleasure of being around them B Through the biological imperative to reproduce, you become more uh, attractive to them. You become more sexual because you're going to lead into a reproduction thing going on. But then to ensure that you stay together long enough, not just to have the reproduction, but to be there long enough for this offspring to become independent 13 years or more. Nature also gives us another hormone that's released in relationship called oxytocin, which is bonding. So basically, it says this, you get attracted to an individual because of vibration, and then once you start to connect with the individual, then the hormones of the system, dopamine, are the pleasure that says, yes, I I have so much pleasure being with this person, that uh, then you really become uh, uh, attracted to them and more sexual because vasopressin uh, is the next hormone that's released, so now you're getting closer to bonding,
0: Uh,
1: and then oxytocin, is the one that says, this is the, is the person I want to bond with. This is the source where the reproduction is going to come from. So nature is giving you all these chemicals. Stick with this one. This is good. This is really great for you. And and then just to add one last thing into that, uh, the chemical serotonin. Uh, serotonin is related to addiction. Uh, whether you're a heroin addict or a love addict, when you're getting your fix, uh, serotonin is, is released and it says, this is, uh, I'm driven to find this. Well, it's very positive in a sense when love is working right, and, and between the pleasure, uh, the bonding chemical, the uh, addiction aspect of serotonin, nature said, good, this will hold you in period of um, waiting for this child you're going to have to uh, become independent, and this is what sustains our relationship.
0: How did you get into this area of relationships? really the biology of relationships, um, and from epigenetics, because, I mean, your work was is like so – it was so groundbreaking in epigenetics. I mean, just kind of, you just kind of called it, and you just yeah. said, like, look, it's not the genes. It's actually the, the environment that the genes are in that's switching them on or off and the triggers of our beliefs.
1: Well, How did you – what brought you into this? When I was working on the – in a medical school that genes control cells – Meaning, you've got these genes, and this is the character of your life. Essentially, the belief that your life is pre-programmed, and this blueprint, uh, is really, uh, shaping your life. So, uh, and especially considered by many people as the consequence of genes for diseases, for example. So they say, Oh, I've got, uh, my mother's family has cancer in it, and, and spring of my mother, I'm carrying this cancer gene. People are, are really associated with, uh, like, cancer because you got this gene. And so we have, perceived ourselves as victims of our genetics, meaning genes characteristics, and according to science, we do not control the genes. That, That was what I was teaching medical students back a long time ago called genetic determinism, genes determine our lives. Well, during that time, I was doing research which revealed it wasn't the genes that were controlling the life, it was the environment the organism was in. So as an organism went from environment A to environment B, it changed the genetic activity. And all of a sudden, it's a "Wait, If the environment, and, and specifically our perception of the environment, is really what controls the genes, it changes our whole meaning of life. Going back, I say genetic determinism, uh, where uh, the genes control our lives, the conventional belief. Uh, really makes us victims in a sense, because as far as we know, we didn't pick the genes we came with. And if you don't like the characters of of your life, uh, you can't change the genes. And all of a sudden you realize genes are more powerful than you are, and therefore you're a victim to your own heredity. Uh, And that's what we're teaching people. And that was quite unfortunate because that disempowers people to say, oh, I have no control over my life. The new science, epigenetics, completely turns that upside down because it says the environment and our perception of the environment is what controls the genes. Well, that becomes really important for a fundamental reason. We can change our environment, we can change our perception of the environment, and therefore, we can change the activity of our genes. And When you understand it from that way, then we're not victims of our heredity. We're masters of our biological fate. Our life is a reflection of how we live in the environment. How we respond to the world uh, changes our genetic activity, and all of a sudden it says, "Oh my goodness, that means your perceptions or basically your beliefs about the world adjust your genetics and what we 've always found was that our our beliefs uh, greatly influence our lives so when when you fall in love, the perception of love changes the genetic activity to such an extent that people glow, they are healthy, they have this growth that encourages the growth and health and safety of the system because Buff is going to lead to reproduction, which is going to lead to an offspring within the species.
0: Um, I just wanted to mention to everybody who's listening right now, this is Dr. Bruce Lipton that you're hearing. I'm David Avocado-Wolf, and that was Dr. Bruce Lipton. He's going to be a keynote speaker at our Women's Wellness Conference. And that's going to be coming up, again, September 19th through 21st, 2014, at the Orange County Hilton in Costa Mesa, California, just south of Los Angeles. We're going to have a great lineup. It's going to be a great conference. And we're excited to have you there, Bruce. It's going to be great.
1: David, I so appreciate this opportunity because uh, as we're beginning hear, if you start to understand some of this, uh, you can rewrite your life. And when you do that, uh, this world turns into a honeymoon forever. And, and, and for me, it's so exciting because when people start doing this around the world, uh, it's contagious, and which I'll talk about in the lecture. When two people are in love and somebody else sees them they can sense that in their own life. It's it's due to something called mirror neurons. And as more people fall in love, even those that are not in love will start to experience that love. And as a result, as more people fall in love, the the whole civilization and planet will change to to manifest love or honeymoon.